welcome to Drag Nabbit, a new groovy podcast about all things drag. Whether it's drag race, dragula, drag queens, or life just being a drag, we're here to kiki, serve tea, learn the children, and give hot takes on drag artistry and drag history. And on today's episode, we've got lots of opinions about the sixth episode of season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Our girls were challenged with leaving it all on the dance floor to similar but legally distinct versions of disco songs and giving all the children watching at home a lesson on the disco movement. And also plenty of lessons on copyright infringement. But (laughs) was it all a disco inferno or did we want to shout disco sucks when this was all over? We will spill all the tea right after the break. I'm Porsche Control, here to do the hustle. And I'm Syzygy, here to do the Detroit hustle. And I'm Portia again, here to do the Latin hustle. <laughs> Not the Latin hustle! <laughs> <laughs> and this is Drag <laughs> Our episode opens, as always, with the contestants returning to the workroom after the somewhat odd choice to eliminate Joey J. But there's not much focus on that because instead we are treated to a rehash of the Candy versus Tamisha argument from the previous episode. Now, to be fair, this is all happening on the same day for them, even if we as the audience feel like it's happening from week one to week two. But as two super fans of the show, we know likely what's going to happen within moments of this drama being staged for us. Says, why do you think the show goes through such lengths to drum up such a storyline? Uh, to warrant the need for hiring all of these story producers. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Rupa Andre Charles, job creator and chief fracking officer. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I... These sorts of drama-filled reality shows, they sell. And this is on VH1 now. So we went from a lot of, hey, there was drama, seasons one through eight. Don't get me wrong. Lots of drama. However, now there's a lot of drama with a lot of these moving, you know, tear-ridden moments. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, we got story producers. Why not use them, I guess? I don't know, gal. Um... With that aside, though, Rue comes to visit and introduce the product placement. I mean, the mini challenge of this episode, which asks about half of the girls to get into drag and create a paper garment made of wallpaper from a wallpaper company. What look stood out for you, Portia? Yeah, um... I didn't like any of the looks, but I don't think that was the point. I think the point was just to kind of have fun and go a little cuckoo with the different pieces of of things that were offered. Mm -hmm. I actually was surprised that Rosé and Denali did not get more of love and showcasing and maybe even one. Because I think they made a garment that blended into the background really well. Granted, it was a busy one, so it was pretty easy to do that. Mm-hmm. But it, she was fully covered up. They had some fun little looks and a little fashion moment with like the the things covering the eye, the buttons covering the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked it. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of these mini challenges, again, are kind of just to be silly, see how the girls react in these weird situations, yeah. and to like low-key humiliate them. So... Um, <laughs> It's all part of the RuPaul, like, Mm -hmm. indoctrination into the cult. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it didn't, nothing really super excited me, but I honestly think that that one I would have picked over the ones who eventually won. 
And speaking of the ones who eventually won, Elliot with two T's and Tamisha win this challenge, which is good, I guess, considering that the other queens really don't look at them as serious competition. And I know that this has turned basically into a Tamisha Iman appreciation podcast. But Mm -hmm. what are our thoughts on Miss Elliot, who is not to be confused with Missy Elliot? Oh, right. Because a different number of acknowledged T's. So (laughs) I, I really like Elliot from the sense that I don't look at her as a dark horse in this competition. Like she's not going to go into the top final five or four or three, but I really like her from just like a reality TV show perspective. Cause like she's very open. She keeps things very real. Uh, She's funny. Um, Mm -hmm. And she also, how she handles drama and processes it. She's very methodical and she's very calm about things. And yeah, she just, I like her. I just enjoy watching her. I really do. I th- she gives me very like Capricorn energy. I don't know what her mm. sign is, but mm-hmm. I, I get that from her. And I think part of that too is she is not super warm in the face. Like she always just kind of looks pissed off. I don't think she is, right? But I think she just, I just think that like she kind of has this sort of pinched looking face and then this like tight mouth. And mm. so anytime she comes out, if she's not smiling, um, she just kind of looks. She kind of has resting bitch face, which is fine. Like that's no one's fault. Um, but it's it's always interesting to me. I agree with you. I think she's. I don't think she's top material. However, I'm curious to see how far she gets in this competition because she does have some really great qualities and skills, mm-hmm. and and she is gorgeous. Like I gotta say, her mm-hmm. her drag is more of like I would say. We think about female illusion. Com- yeah, it's more like f- she would probably call herself like a female impersonator mm-hmm. um, if we still kind of use those terms, which we don't. Uh, I, I understand that she has a resting bitch face and there might be some fillers and injectables that need to be warmed up. And you know what? It's a cold day in New York, so I'm going to go warm up mine with a quick break. Get these cheeks Ooh. moving again. Oh, honey, just <laughs> rub, rub, rub. Right. <laughs> we'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Well, I certainly hope that our girls are happy with the partners that they chose or got stuck with during this mini challenge because Rue announces that they will continue to be partners in the Maxi Challenge this week, which is a disco mentory showcasing the disco era and asking the contestants to shake their groove things in a full dancing challenge. Mm. Now, I have a particularly strong knowledge and special place in my heart for the 70s, even though I was born mm-hmm. in the 80s. Oh, really? Like, fuck you. What is your relationship like with the me era? I have a lot of thoughts about the me era, Generation Jones, now currently known as the Baby Boomers. I have a lot of opinions about this because first and foremost, I, in my old life before I was at my current job, I worked at a talent agency and we represented Tom Wolfe, who was the person who the 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 writer who coined the term the me generation. And it's funny because in this generation, for those of you who don't know, and thank you, noted historian, historian, Mix Portia Control for bringing this up. For those of you who don't know, the me generation refers to the fact that in the 60s, um, young adults um, from the previous generation were really into like, you know, psycho- people were starting to talk about self-help and psychology and like 
going to see, you know, a shrink. And then in the 70s, the next generation, the children who are now becoming adults, it went from self-help to self-gratification and self-involved. And they were these boomers when they were young were referred to as narcissistic. Wow. So interesting. It's weird that, you know, patterns self. Yeah. Self-gratification and self-realization and instantaneous gratification and it was noted that they wanted that they were more concerned with becoming cultural aspirations and that the mm-hmm. young people ascribed of a higher importance than social responsibility. Huh. So I'm confused why now what what is the tea, Christine? <laughs> right. Right. How are are these not the same words that are used to describe our generations, us and the Zoomers? It's hmm. true. Interesting. Everything old, everything old is old again, honey. Trust and believe. Yeah, I I think it was such a fun era. I mean, there was definitely and I you know, in a weird way, there are parallels to this part of our existence living in a pandemic mm-hmm. in New York City in the mm-hmm. 2020s versus like 1970s. Like I think when I think about 1970s New York City, which I wasn't obviously here for that, but the, when I see it depicted, like I see it as like gritty mm-hmm. and tough and dirty and there was a lot of urban decay and urban blight and a lot of people left for the suburbs. It's kind of happening now on a very small yeah. scale in New York City because a lot of people are leaving or have left because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. And there's definitely been a shift in the energy in the city and how it's maintained and the upkeep. And I'm noticing it as a city mm-hmm. dweller. So there's a little bit of that that I see. And then just my personal history with disco, mm-hmm. my mother, who's actually this would have been the same age if she was still with us. She was the same age as RuPaul. They're born the same year. Um so she grew up in the 70s and she was a disco dancing queen. She loved going to the discotheques because she loved to dance, right? Like my parents are both Puerto Rican. And so like dancing is our thing, like it's in our blood. And so she loved disco and she had all her little disco mm-hmm. albums and CDs and stuff. So we would play that. And like if it wasn't like Christian music, because, you know, we needed to worship right. the Lord, we were listening to disco. And I think that's why disco will always have a special place in my heart and why I have probably an outsized knowledge of disco that maybe not a lot of other people who are around mm-hmm. our age have. Oh, absolutely. Like, growing up, there's a reason why I became gay, and it was because my mom, she had, she, girl, she it was the Donna Summer. I did a report on Donna Summer in fifth grade. Because we that's all we listened to in the car. Like, my mom was like a disco dance instructor at the Arthur Murray School of Detroit. And I Word. can't wait to talk about some of these looks. Because the judges had some... The judges thought disco looked one way. But in reality, disco looked a lot of ways. We'll get into that in a second. However, yes, we touched a little bit of this... Or a little bit on this a few episodes ago. But it bears repeating mm-hmm. since Rue brought it up quite a bit this episode. We don't understand why Rue is even playfully shocked that queens in their 20s and 30s don't have a strong knowledge of pop culture from 40 or 50 years ago. Uh, there's something to be said about understanding references and remembering history, but it feels unfair to expect these contestants to have encyclopedic knowledge of disco like Rue does. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that they're leaning into this as a teaching moment to help young people learn about queer history. 
And I've got to give it to them mm-hmm. on one hand because learning the children, which is one of our, our, our pillars as well, is very important. Yeah, I can't help but feel like this is a symptom of Drag Race becoming too mainstream. And on tonight's runway, the category was Little Black Dress. So there's far too many looks to break down each one individually, so I figured we could each call out our top two of the week and top, well bottom boot of the week in the spirit of Raja and Raven. Sure. Um, before that, I think it'd be good to have a quick discussion of Gottmik's look. Mm-hmm. So Gottmik came out mostly naked and with what would essentially be a dress for a doll covering her between me down there and backside. Mm-hmm. As a trans masculine person, Mick putting her body out there, including the scars from uh, the top surgery, sends a huge message about celebrating and including all bodies in the art form of drag, and in particular on Drag Race. Was this enough of a designed look to get a pass, or do we think that Mick got special treatment? You know, I thought a lot about this, and... I don't think Mick was particularly stunning as a dancing queen. I know that that's not Mm -hmm. Mick's thing. Like they're more of a makeup and beauty and and kind of a look queen versus a performance queen, although they're okay performing, Mm -hmm. but like the dancing wasn't great. And then I honestly, like I, I struggle with it because again, I appreciate and celebrate her addition onto the show and Mm -hmm. her being so comfortable with her body and flaunting it. But I I didn't love the look either. It was just kind of like, it was whatever Mm. to me. Um, And I think if it were another girl, if it were, I don't know, season three, Carmen Carrera, stop relying on that body. Like Mm. this is also not the first time that we've seen Mick expose a part of her body. She kind of loves, you know, exposing her chest Mm. and her chest cards, which again, I think that that's awesome and empowering, but it can also get super repetitive. So Mm. I don't know. I just feel like every time that someone chooses to go down a naked route, it just feels, it doesn't feel very creative or original. And I don't Mm. think that whatever was going on with like the little black Merkin or whatever, as they were joking about, I don't think that that was enough. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that she sort of skated by, um, without anything, but I'm curious to think what, or to hear what your thoughts are. Um, I actually, on the subject of top toots and bottoms and bottom boots, um, mix was my favorite. And I hated almost everyone else's. Oh, shit. Here's the thing. The the category of little black dress begats, like, it, it just inherently says basic. Because sure. a little black dress is a basic item you should have in your wardrobe. It's a wardrobe staple. A majority of these girls came out in the staple that they would have as everyday women off the street. And I was not inspired by a majority of them. The only looks that really like got me together and got me got me ready. I liked mix and I liked candies. Okay. It was just like conceptual. Um, and yeah, I, I could see like if, if Mick came out in another like full body naked look, I'd be like, all right, sis. Now we are relying, just relying on that body. But I 
I like mixed thinking in the sense that it was like the category is little black dress. So I'm going to give you the littlest black dress. Whereas some other dolls, and I loved Candy's Comme des Garçons inspired piece. Which was um, a deep cut. I was not expecting her to yeah. be able to reference, but works. I was is. like, with with um, Princess Diana's revenge dress on it? Right. Mama. Right. She genius. gave you references. Genius. The what? other dolls? No, send them all home. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. So I guess then in thinking about top toots and boots and talking about that, so... Candy, Tamisha, and Utica essentially were in the bottom based on the critiques and where they landed. And then Olivia, Tina, and Elliot with two T's were on the top. Now, I I will be the first to say I did not get this lineup. Like, how would you have arranged this set of girls? Based on the looks, this would have been the bottom six for me. Oh! <laughs> Actually, uh... I would have, like, almost the entire crew I would have put on the bottom. Um, I was just really shocked that some basic looks were in the top, top. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially for people who, okay, here's the thing. I'm just going to lay it out all the line. I'm just going to say it. Rosé and Denali did the best in the dance challenge. Yes. But both on the, their performance outfits and their little black dresses were not great. Someone needs to talk to Rosé about how adding tulle all over your body just makes it look wider. And this is not the first time. And you know what's funny? It's uh, her and Denali both. Denali loves to walk out there with hog body. Ooh. And during that performance challenge, watch it back. Denali had limp hair, a limp short bob in pink and white. Or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, and and that dress was not disco. No, Mama. The dress this was like, mod with like paillettes. Paillettes. And it was, she looked like a box. She looked comfortable though. She <laughs> looked real comfortable. So yeah, I, I'm surprised that they weren't, you know, they could have won, but they, cho- you know what? They chose not to win. They chose to lose. Period. Period. Um, I was surprised that Simone didn't get any commentary. I don't know. Maybe it's because she had my sense is she had probably one of the weaker dance performances. Again, we didn't get to see much of it, but oh, right. I thought she had a fun look. And certainly I thought the, the hair, the blonde hair reference to RuPaul would back have gotten roots. back Ooh. to my roots. I think that was a lovely deep cut. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that she sort of skated by without any mention. But again, I, yeah. I do think it has something to do with, how she performed on the main stage it, challenge. It might have been actually pretty bad. Like yeah. we might, and we might not see it. Like, and then Lala Re again. Shouldn't she needs to go home? <laughs> yeah, Lala like just came out in the most fashion nova. And listen, I love a fashion nova moment, but this is RuPaul's Drag Race season thirteen, the Olympics of drag, and these girls are like literally remortgaging their homes and taking out huge loans, the size of car payments to like be on the show and you're coming up in here and you're coming up here in a tube dress like no ma'am and here's the thing that annoys me like okay i get it that like we uh, maybe she has to allocate funds in a specific way and hey i don't have i don't have enough money to go on drag race so like i i'm not gonna fault her for not having any money with it but 
What annoys me about this outfit is that when you have that sort of tube dress that's obviously made for a biological woman. Not just a psychological woman. Um, when you have that kind of dress and it, it, you know, it rides up, you pin it. I, I've worn that kind of shit before and you take black safety pins, which are $4 on Amazon. You Mm -hmm. take black safety pins and you pin them reverse and you pin them into your pads. So the dress doesn't ride up. That is basic 101 of of like any performance. Like girl, you're just, Oh, that annoyed me. I, you know, okay, let me talk about another look that annoyed me. Let me talk to you about a winner that I was not impressed with. Go on. Olivia Lux. Oh, shots fired. She looked, she looked like she was having a ball uh, on that stage. She really, she looked so happy. However, I did not understand the dancing. I mean, (laughs) if this was a dance challenge, she danced, she moved, she threw her whole body into it, doing those, those standard drag queen moves the, the in the in the pantheon of yes in the kit that comes in with everyone kit, right uh-huh <laughs> windmill windmill ask for a tip pot of donkey donkey kick kickball change pot of ask for the tip like <laughs> okay work she did but it while her wig was beautiful The category wasn't hair. The category was little black dress. And that little black dress, while little, did not give me the ooh-ah-ah sensation. It was super basic. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually read, because I follow her on Instagram, I read her Instagram post about it. And apparently, this is what sort of gags me, she was supposed to have a different dress while she was getting ready while she was preparing for the show and, you know, you only have a certain amount of time to put your looks together before, like mm-hmm. from casting to when you actually have to be on the program, she ran out of time mm-hmm. and the dress that she was wearing was actually the lining of the dress that she was designing that ne- she never finished. And then she hand sewed or beaded those like sparkly bits on it. And then she just went out there and owned it and did that big hair and the big smile and it was enough to get her through. I mean, I think because she had a strong, they they reacted well to her performance. They kind of just loved her and wanted to give mm-hmm. her a win. I don't know. But yeah, I too was not, I was surprised that they were gushing themselves over this dress that was, I mean, we want to talk about a basic tube dress. That was literally a basic tube dress. But Olivia's the winner and I love her. Yeah, same, same. Big fan. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She is beautiful. I mean, I can see her getting to the end, potentially, depending on how things mm-hmm. go. If not, I think she's a strong contender for Miss Congeniality or an All-Stars. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely mm-hmm. see that in her future if she doesn't make it to the top top. I completely agree. Now, here's something I don't agree with. Mm. The The moment that we have all been dreading is uh, here. I know. Rue announces that Tamisha and Candy are in the bottom two, and they inexplicably lip sync to a non-disco song. Right. While Blue Cantrell's Oops, Hit em Up Style, parentheses. The truth is, it doesn't matter who does well and who does poorly. We know how this is going down. And just like that, our icon Tamisha Iman sashays away. Oh, we hate to see it. 
our listeners should know, Portia Control and I do not agree with Tamisha Iman leaving at any point in the competition. At At any juncture, unless it's with the crown. Unless it is walking out with (laughs) $100,000. However, Syzygy's just going to say it, Candy Muse ate that shit up. So. I mean, she did a good job. She was definitely in it to win it. Tamisha gave me old school drag performance, which I really enjoyed as well. Also, Candy Muse, like kimchi before her lip syncs with a lisp and i find it to be very funny so the views and opinions expressed by one portion control do not reflect syzygy uh all i'm gonna say about it is that when you have a song where the woman is belting in the song belt yeah don't just stand there with a limp face and girl that's 101 that's basic shake your jaw do the vibrato look concerned i know the woman is belting okay the lady said go home though in jesus name i pray (laughs) so that said let's take a quick break and light a candle for our legend our winner of season 13 well gal this one hurt a little bit But I'm glad that the children were exposed to the fun and fabulousness of disco, that Miss Sylvester got her flowers, and that we all got to know and love the iconic Tamisha Iman. Next week, the dolls have to show off their acting and improv chops on the reboot of the Bossy Rossi show, Bossy Rossi After Dark. I'll be curious to see which contestants rise to the top and which ones fail all the way to the bottom. But I've got some ideas. But we'll see what happens next week. But for now, especially now that I know that uh, the challenge is the reboot of the Bossy Rossi show, my name is Syzygy, and I would prefer to disco duck out of that challenge. And I'm Portia, and I'm ready to take a disco nap. And this was Drag Nappin'. The children weren't ready. They didn't know that we had all this knowledge. <laughs>